Du lyssnar på Framgångspodden i samarbete med Ekost. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Det här avsnittet presenteras i samarbete med Framgångsakademin som är Sveriges största tjänst för personlig utveckling och karriär. Och de har nu lanserat Framgångsakademins app där du kan kolla på alla kurser direkt i mobilen vart du än befinner dig. Här har du Sveriges främsta experter samlade på en och samma plats i syfte att utveckla dig. I och med detta har vi tagit fram ett once in a lifetime erbjudande där du får gå utbildningar helt gratis första månaden följt av 80% rabatt som du sedan behåller hur länge du vill. Det är alltså ingen bindningstid eller uppsägningstid. Nu är det enbart 500 stycken som får det här erbjudandet så det är först till kvarn som gäller. Allt handlar om att inte stå stilla på samma ställe utan istället utvecklas. Och vill du vidare i livet så är det absolut det billigaste och bästa sättet du kan göra det på. Det är ett enkelt sätt att levla upp både din karriär och dig själv. Så vad väntar du på? Gå in på kampanj.framgangsakademin.se och signa upp dig direkt. Alltså kampanj.framgangsakademin.se Welcome ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce you to maybe one of the biggest podcasts in the world. Fram Gangspotting with Alexander Perleros. Den första människan som blir 150 år kan redan vara född. Det menar David Sinclair som är en av världens absolut främsta långlevnadsforskare. Och han har massa labb runt om i världen där hans forskarteam jobbar varje dag på att stoppa eller till och med vända åldrande i den mänskliga kroppen. Enligt honom, ja, det är inte frågan om det är utan frågan bara när det kommer att hända. Det är därför ytterst viktigt att vi verkligen pratar om det här. Så att är det så att du vill leva 
ännu längre. Ja, det här avsnittet tycker jag var ett av de mest intressanta. Han är en av de absolut främsta inom det här området. Så sjukt intressant och jag är så glad att vi fick med han i framgångspodden. Nu får ni också njuta av ett intressant avsnitt som kan göra att du kan leva längre med ingen mindre än David Sinclair. Welcome ladies and gentlemen. Let me introduce you to Framgångspodden with Alexander Paleros. Warm warm welcome to Framgångspodden David Sinclair. Thanks for having me here Alex. It's great that you invited me on here. I really appreciate it. Very nice to have you here. I'm a big fan of you. But also I, I was like um wondering I maybe should say like Do you say like Kuai? Kuai. Oh, Kuai. 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 You should know. You you have relatives in Australia. It's Kuai. <laughs> it actually goes up at the end, then it echoes across the valleys. Kuai. Yeah, and then it'll go Kuai, and then you hear Kuai, Kuai, off into the distance. And and if you're lucky, someone will reply with the same Kuai. And what does that come from? Gee, I think it's originally uh, native. Uh, the original inhabitants of Australia used to say that. Um, and uh, it, it's a it's a call sign. Is anybody out there? Uh, and we we kids growing up in Australia, where I where I was for the first twenty five years of my life, we would walk through the bush and there were lots of trails. And sometimes we'd get lost. Sometimes we just saw people in the distance, miles away, and we'd shout that "cooey," and then they would shout back. <laughs> yeah, amazing. And I was like, I was reading your book, and I know you write very warmly about your grandmother in your book, lifespan, why we age and why we don't have two. What do we learn from her? Well, she was uh, a, a highly unusual individual. I just thought she was my grandmother, but she was a highly independent, rebellious, um, masculine for a female in those days would wear. Uh, men's clothes uh, on occasion, and and really just taught me as a young kid that I should think independently, um, and that humans screw up the world, uh, especially adults. My grandmother had lived through World War II and the aftermath in Europe, in Hungary, uh, and so her point to me was, David, humans are really uh, an evil species if they do evil. So what you need to do is to as a human work towards bringing out the best of humanity and she taught me that as well so i'm a i'm a rebel who's designed to do good in the world all right very interesting to hear how does this impact uh, you and your decisions in life uh, well I'll, I'll from 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 your grandmother yeah so my grandmother um was fascinated with me uh because she didn't have a chance to raise my father She had uh, gave birth to my father when she was 15 and raised, um, she was in high school, so she couldn't raise my father. He was raised by his grandmother. Uh, and along came I, uh, and, uh, and she thought that I was her son and she poured everything into me. She was in her forties in those days in Australia. She also knew that, uh, what it's like to grow up with nothing for her having a, a balloon that, uh, you know, a latex balloon was the most important, um, toy that she could have. And, and now we're in Australia and we've got Star Wars figurines and an abundance of food. And she just poured that all into me. So I was a very spoiled child, much to my mother's chagrin. Um, 
And so I was, I was raised by her, uh, thinking that I could do anything. Now, I, I'm admitting, you know, I was raised to have an ego and I've fought all my life to make sure that I stay humble. But it's really true. I, I thought that I could do something important in the world. And I think I'm still driven by that need to please my grandmother, wherever she is, to show her that I could live up to what she had expectations for, uh, expectations of me. Um, and then, so, you know, she used to say, uh, this boy is going to change the world. And, and, you know, when you're four oh. years old, five years old, you know, you think, wow, you know, I guess I have to do that for, to please my grandmother. And I'm still doing that. Um, but I do find myself in a position now, uh, of real privilege. I, I am one of the, the scientists in the world who are doing research that could have an impact. And so I'm driven much more now about leaving behind an impact rather than trying to please my grandmother, I think. Uh, but I definitely was an overachiever as a kid. And when uh, did she pass away? Uh, I'd be about a decade ago now. Uh, she'd be 99 today. Uh, actually today. Yeah. Well, actually a few days ago, but, oh. uh, she, uh, okay. she didn't make it, um, past her early 90s. So, you know, it's a bit under a decade. Uh, but she did live longer than I expected. She was because of her rebellious nature. She, she lived life, uh, like uh, every day counted. She actually had five husbands. She was a heavy drinker. She smoked, uh, dr drove a car like she was invincible. <laughs> and uh, this was life in the fast lane, okay. but also uh, she was very much into education. So she would teach me at a young age, uh, Russian literature, poetry, philosophy, religion. And so I just absorbed all that. Uh, and I've used that in my life. Wow. And we will talk a lot about aging in this episode which is very interesting and maybe it's the question that the the whole civilization is trying to uh, avoid right now and trying to to find the answer on um if we jump into yeah the first question what what is aging there there are two answers the first is that aging is a process that we now uh, have much better understanding of what it is uh, and let's talk about that later. Aging is a process that we understand what's going on, just like we understand how cancer works and heart disease and Alzheimer's. So it's a, it's just like a disease in that way. We understand what's going on. And the second answer is aging, by definition, should be considered a medical condition. The only difference between aging and a medical condition is that aging happens to a lot of people. But I would argue that's even more reason to to study and regard aging as a as a medical condition, not something to ignore and say, well, it's a natural process and therefore it's acceptable. Because with that attitude, what we're doing is letting the main cause of disease and suffering and the main cause of cancer and heart disease and Alzheimer's disease uh, proceed. And then we stick band-aids on the end with medicines after these diseases occur, usually, um, forgetting what drove that process in the first place. So I think we should redefine aging as something that should be treatable by a doctor and by how we live our lives. And that will greatly extend our health into the future and give us much more time before those diseases actually would occur. And then we can treat them. But why ignore the main cause of what's making us all sick? Yeah, but that's also a, a, a question like, one of my things is that I want to live longer. And, but if you talk to people, 
all people feel like, most of them feel like it's a little bit controversial. You can like eat pansylian antibiotic, you you can take medicine, you you can try to to uh, to do stuff to cancer and stuff, but but to like um, treat the death or or like live longer or hack something like that is a little bit controversial. Have you uh, like seen the same? Oh, I see this every day. It's why I wrote my book. Um, It's only controversial because the question is framed wrong. If I ask people, how long do you want to live? Uh, You know, they'll typically say 100, 120, because the view of aging now is that by the time you're 100, life is not worth living. The science and the technology that we have in our hands now says that we could be 100 and still be playing tennis with our great grandkids. We actually have very fine control over aging in the forwards and reverse direction now. Um, certainly in animals and increasingly in, in human organs. And we need to change our view that aging is always going to be associated with looking old, feeling old and getting sick. Once I explain that and I ask people, if you could stay young to 100 and feel 20, would you do that? And almost everybody wants that. And so it's important to understand what I'm talking about when I say living longer. When I say it, I'm saying staying younger. And when you stay younger, you don't get sick and you live longer as a result. And you write and talk about three genes that control aging. Which are these? Yeah, so there's this amazing uh, groundswell of interest in the ability uh, not just to understand why we age, but as I wrote on my book, why we don't have to. And this breakthrough was the ability to turn on, and we discovered three genes in particular were very safe to be able to reverse aging by about 60 to 75%. These three genes um, are called OCT4, SOX2, and KLF4. Uh, we call them OS and K for short. And these OSK genes are normally only switched on in embryos. Uh, they keep stem cells young. Um, and they're part of a set of genes that are named after a scientist called uh, Shinya Yamanaka in Japan, who won the Nobel Prize for the discovery of how to turn an adult stem, uh, adult cell, like a skin cell, back into a stem cell. Uh, but what we did was we, we reasoned that if we took a, just a few of those genes, we wouldn't make our bodies go back to a stem cell because that would turn us into a tumor. It would take us partially back in a, in a, in a safe way and rejuvenate the cell without making the cell lose its identity and become a cancer. And that worked. And so we published that um, in Nature magazine in 2020. Uh, and there's been a huge uh, response to that from the scientific community, the investment community. There are now many, many billions of dollars with a billions with a B invested in this technology. And it's growing exponentially. Uh, I, I would say probably there's now 10 companies that have been started um, and Hundreds of labs are now working on this in an effort to be able to not just use these three genes, but find simpler ways to reverse aging with chemicals that you could take in a pill and within a few weeks go back in age by potentially decades. How will that work? Can you explain the future a little bit? Yeah, well, it's it's surprisingly easy once you know how to do it. Um, It's, you know, similar to the Wright brothers. Once... We figured out how to do powered flight. You know, the rest was just going to happen no matter what. 
And now that we've figured out that there's a backup copy of information in our body to make us young again, uh, the future looks something like this. That, uh, and this is already true in my lab for, an, for a mouse, but, you know, extrapolate from mouse to human. Uh, within the next 15 years, doctors will inc increasingly think that you can treat aging before it happens. Now, we already have some evidence as, as scientists that we can uh, not just slow down aging by how we live and so certain medicines, supplements, but even take molecules, uh, one of which I'm, well, few I'm taking, that rewind the clock and get our body to rejuvenate. Um, and so wrinkles go away, memory improves, you get more energy, cancer gets destroyed. These are things that are already just on the cutting edge of human clinical trials. But in the future, it will be normal to be treated for aging and go back a decade. And then the doctor will say, okay, you've been treated, come back in 10 years and we'll give you another treatment. That's amazing. And um, what kind of molecules is that? And can you also send some to me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, some of it's uh, certainly in the research stage. Uh, and so I can't yet mention. It's no problem. I can take it. I trust you, my friend. I trust you. <laughs> you're already young, Alex, you know, but, but, you know, we can keep you, keep you that age. Uh, so what, one interesting molecule is called alpha ketoglutarate. And it is a, a molecule that's typically used by the body as part of an energy cycle. Uh, it's also used to make amino acids. It's, it's a pretty common molecule, but what was discovered is that those three genes that we reversed aging with, um, in the mouse and in human cells uh, can be activated or assisted by this alpha ketoglutarate or AKG. And uh, if you put it on human cells, their, their age goes backwards. We can measure that very accurately now by reading the chemical changes on the genome, on the DNA. Um, and so alpha ketoglutarate seems very safe. Uh, you can take it as a pill. And there are some, I would say, early uh, and in need of verification studies that show that the, the age of the blood in people that take this molecule goes backwards um, by years, in fact. And alpha-ketoglutarate, if you feed that to mice, they actually live longer and are healthier. So all of that says this might be- They, they live longer? Yeah. yeah. And you have a study on that one? Well, this isn't my research. Uh, we're doing research, but what I'm telling you is research that's out of other labs. Yeah, yeah. Brian Kennedy is a leader in this field. He's over in Singapore. I trained with him uh, in the 1990s. So it's, uh, I know him very well in his research and I trust him. And so I think this is an example of the future where there will be a cocktail of molecules, safe ones that you can take. And the doctor will, or you can measure at home your age. Um, I've developed a test that's coming out soon um, that you can take a cheek swab, mail in your DNA or the cells, and you'll get uh, in less than a week the number of your your biological age, not your not your birthdays, but your okay. biological age. And then you can, with your doctor or even without, you can monitor your age and see if you're going backwards in age with this simple test. Amazing. And can you do that now, or is it like in some years? You you actually can sign up for it. We've done uh, now ten thousand tests, and uh, it's called TallyHealth.com. T-A-L-L-Y health.com. And then you can sign up. It's still in the beta phase. Uh, we're collecting samples. We're asking questions. We're building the clocks right now. 
um, as part of this initial program. But you want to get on the list because the, the list is growing very quickly. Yeah, I will do it directly. And I've also put a link here to all the, the listeners who want to live longer so they can sign up for free. <laughs> I would say also for free. Do you want to sign up? Sign, sign up your life longer for free. Okay, very, very, very interesting. And now, now we talk about this kind of molecules that, that you have eaten. So, but do you take any supplements is, or is it something that like we normal people can, can take like supplements or something that's doing that we, you know, stay long, live, live longer? Oh, well, I've been doing an experiment on my body. My father has chosen to, to do the same on him, on his body. Um, I'm 53, he's 83. Um, and so I, I, I make it personal because I don't tell anybody what to do. I'm not a physician, I'm a PhD. Um, and a lot of the science is based on animal studies and some early clinical trials, so it's not proven. So I'm not, I'm not recommending people do this. But I am saying this is what I do. I'm always honest about what I do and what my father does. So, yeah, speaking for ourselves, uh, we've been taking molecules that have been tested on animals and shown to extend lifespan, improve health, and have been in clinical trials in humans to be shown to be safe. So that's the baseline. You don't want to do any harm. And the worst that can happen is you you, you spend some money. But the best that can happen is you actually live years, perhaps decades longer, And I do the risk ratio um, analysis. The risk is very low that when I take these molecules that I'm going to get sick. The reward is that I avoid getting sick in my old age. And you've got to ask yourself, what's the risk of not doing anything? I can guarantee you're go probably, well, 99.9% you're going to suffer badly. You're going to be a burden on your family. And you, it's fatal. You're, you're going to die. Now, with that in mind, if you actually... Admit that that's true, though it's a it's hard to admit. Then taking a few very cheap supplements that are very likely to be safe, for me it's a complete no brainer. Why wouldn't you do that if there was a chance that these could work? Now I and my father um, and a group around me that uh, I, I work with, we test ourselves very carefully because we're scientists, um, and what we are learning is through small experimentation on ourselves. Uh, is what works for us and what doesn't. I measure a variety of blood markers, um, glucose, testosterone, vitamins, inflammation markers. Um, I look at my heart disease. I test for cancer. And I'm looking for signs that what I'm taking is not working, right? I want to be the first person to know that what I'm doing is hurting me because I can tell you I'm not going to come on a podcast or go on my own podcast and say, This is what I do if it's harmful. So I need to know if it's harmful, first of all. And what I, I do is so far so good. But I also can tell you that my health is, and my father's health is extraordinarily good for our age. You know, I don't have any gray hair. My father hasn't changed his physical appearance in about 25 years. Um, he has no diseases. He doesn't need glasses for driving. He's here in the United States with me. He's just as vigorous. He's happy, healthy. He's stronger than me, by the way. And, and how 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 old are you? Fifty three. Fifty three. I would never guess that. Never. Oh, thanks. You're very kind, Alex. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I also when when I when I heard it, I was like, it can't be true. Like fifty three is the new twenty or something. But uh, 
you look like like you said you have a very good hair you're like you don't have i don't see like any wrinkles in in in, in your face at all so uh well you know what's funny is um and, and thank you for saying that it's it's an interesting experiment to watch what happens over time when i started doing this stuff in my early 30s i looked like i was in my early 30s i wasn't special uh but as time goes on you know i i'm starting to to notice that i don't seem to be aging as quickly as people my own age and and even my own brother who's three and a half years younger who's uh got a lot of gray hair and um i, I won't go on because he's my brother but um we used to joke that he's the negative control in the experiment but he is now <laughs> you know more and more on on supplements himself and um but yeah you know it's it's interesting I, i'm not the greatest of health nuts i i do way too little exercise i don't do a lot of aerobics um i don't sleep very well uh but all the other stuff i i do my best to be a role model uh in terms of um lifting weights eating the right foods and taking supplements regularly um and you know we'll see on the internet um somebody well it, it, on occasion people say i i must be having plastic surgery or whatever <laughs> or hair or dyeing people say i dye my hair uh <laughs> i don't know if you can see that's that's not that's not dyed but um anyway we'll we'll see my mother though had pretty good hair uh so some of it might be genetic but i think if if i'm still like this when i'm 120 we'll know something's happening <laughs> yeah but you actually didn't answer my my last question what? uh what kind of supplements do you take yeah well i'm i i want to build up the suspense now I, i play a symphony of supplements that is right for me um in and my microbiome so you know it it would take probably five hours to go through all of it in detail i can't do that um i can give you you know A, a top list of things that I think help. I'm happy to do that and I will. But I I highly recommend reading my book because I put that information and why I do this and how it I believe it works into the book. And I do list out the things that I do regularly and my father does regularly. So you don't need to take notes right now. You can get the book, you can download it. It's electronic, it's audio. If you want to listen to my voice grown on you can do that but yeah so d- don't worry if you don't get everything now it's all written down um and i'm also working on book 2 which will be an update a guidebook of how to live your life so okay so let's start um uh, when i was in my early 30s i started taking resveratrol which now is pretty well known it's a a red wine uh molecule it's found in grapes and what's great about resveratrol is that it's belongs to a class of what i call xenohormetans xeno means between species and hormetan means something that mimics adversity so what we're doing when we eat resveratrol when i take resveratrol is i'm mimicking what would happen if i ate food plants that are stressed out or dying or being preyed upon by bugs or dehydrated Resveratrol is made by plants, grapes of course, but others when they are stressed. It, when we make wine, we stress the grapes before we pick them because you get, you know, better flavor. That's because these molecules go up as a stress response, and I have this theory that when we eat those molecules, our body will try to survive because the signal is 
that our food is dying. Okay, so this is a, a very ancient, millions of years old, probably billions of signaling between food and the consumer of that food. So that's resveratrol. Uh, the molecular mechanism is uh, very well worked out. It modulates a variety of uh, processes in the body that defend us against aging. It improves DNA repair, for example. It reduces free radical damage. It lowers inflammation, et cetera, et cetera. And we even study the enzyme, one of the enzymes that it modulates called SIRT1. Um, and I've spent a lot of my career figuring that stuff out. But I've been taking resveratrol one gram a day. You need to mix it with something. Don't just swallow it with water because it's not soluble. It'll pass through your gut. So I mix it with a bit of yogurt in the morning, a little bit, sugar-free yogurt. Uh, I'm, I've become vegan now, so at least as best I can, I'm a struggling vegan. So I have a, a bit of plant-based, coconut-based uh, yogurt. You can use a bit of olive oil, but make sure there's something that you mix it with. I open up capsules and dissolve it. That's important. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The next molecule that I take is another one that we've studied in my lab for over a decade, and it's called NMN. Okay, I didn't say M&Ms. I said NMN. And NMN uh, is short for nicotinamide mononucleotide, and it is a, uh, a molecule that our body makes all the time, but we make less of it as we get older. And the less we have, the less well this SIRT1 enzyme protects the body. And so I, by taking NMN every day, again, it's a gram a day. Um, sometimes I go down to half a gram um, because I'm, I'm trying to titrate my testosterone. But anyway, from somewhere between half a gram and a gram I take. And that is known in humans to raise the levels of a molecule called NAD that the SIRT1 enzyme needs to work, as do about 400 other enzymes that are good for health. 
And we don't want low NAD levels because we have less energy, we don't sleep well, and our bodies don't fight against aging. So that it's that NMN resveratrol combo that I like. Resveratrol is the accelerator pedal on the enzyme, and NAD is the fuel, the gas. And where do you buy this stuff? Is it like in the... Well, here's, here's the problem uh, for me anyway, and, and consumers really is, I'm a professor at Harvard Medical School and I'm not selling supplements, at least not currently. So I, I unfortunately, I can't promote products. And if you see me online with a product, they're just ripping me off. Uh, I don't endorse uh, those supplements. That said, I'm looking at changing that. I'm looking at being able to put my name um, or at least oversee a product or line of products. So I'm working on that. It's not out yet. It's coming soon. So I, wow, it's, amazing. Um, you know, f five years ago, if I did that, Harvard would have tried to kick me out probably. Uh, <laughs> it's, not, it's not something that a scientist was allowed to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, being a scientist is like being a monk. You're in a monastery and you can't just bring prostitutes back home. So it's, it was like that, but things are changing um, and the world is different. And so I... Uh, Maybe I shouldn't have said the prostitutes, but it, but it, you know there are certain things that in your profession are considered unacceptable. Uh, but but times are changing. It's even possible for someone like me to have a podcast now, um, whereas you know ten years ago that would have not been something that we would have done. All right, so it's coming. I would say that in the meantime, look for products that come from reputable suppliers, so uh, well-known companies that provide other brands, uh, look for companies that tell you the quality, even better show you the quality that certified pure, because a lot of the supplements have contaminants. Resveratrol, NMN, uh, we've tested NMN and some of the samples have endotoxin in them, which we definitely don't want to be feeding to our mice in the lab. And so you have to be careful. So do that. Um, and there's a At least in the US, there's this code called GMP, Good Manufacturing Practices, so that at least they're not letting cockroaches and, and metal into the product. Um, in Europe, I'm not sure what that designation is. I'm sure there's a, an equivalent certification for quality. But you want to look for that. And you want to look for purity. If you take a molecule, what I look for is um, 98, 99% pure, uh, not these 50% mixes of things because you often don't know what you're getting and it's not typically... Um, um, predictable compared to what a pure molecule is. Um, you know, that said, I'm working on drugs, uh, pharmaceuticals as well, that would be available from a doctor. I have a number of uh, companies that are working on reversing aging, slowing aging. Um, and so, you know, that's coming too. But in the meantime, the, you know, the clock is ticking. And so, again, it's this, this risk reward that I want everybody to think about. What is the risk of doing nothing? Um, and then I do want to, Alex, finally just mentioned, we have to talk about lifestyle because 80% of our longevity is due to our lifestyle, not our genetics. We can actually modify how long we live pretty easily. Like we're talking about some supplements and if we want to read more, I also link your, your book that we can read more about it. But what shall we avoid eating if we want to live longer? Well, that's pretty easy. Um, uh, sugar is something you'd, you'd want to limit a lot. Um, I rarely, rarely eat anything that is sweet. If I do, it's just a tiny taste. I gave up dessert when I was 40, um, though I do steal 
on occasion. Uh, I let someone else order it. Uh, but no, in, in all seriousness, I, I look for sugar in foods every time. You know, if, if I pick up a product, I want to see that there's no cane sugar, fructose out of my life. Um, Why is I, it so dangerous? Why is sugar so dangerous? Good question. Um, there's a number of reasons. Certainly, we know that it leads to age-related diseases, type 2 diabetes being the main one, but also heart disease and Alzheimer's will ensue as well. Now, the molecule, molecular mechanisms are debated, but fundamentally, if you have high levels of blood sugar throughout your life, uh, you will do two things. You'll make your body less sensitive to insulin, which means that you'll have higher and higher levels until your body becomes like treacle or molasses. Uh, you'll get too much sugar in your body. And sugar is toxic to cells when it's at high levels. Glucose will attach to proteins covalently, so it sticks permanently to proteins, um, and it makes them malfunction. Uh, the way you can test for type 2 diabetes is you take hemoglobin from red blood cells and look how much sugar is attached. That's called HbA1c. That's a, a test I do often. Now, sugar is attaching not just to your hemoglobin, but attaching to all the proteins, almost all the proteins in your body, and making them malfunction. And so what you want to do is stop that process. You know, think of it as caramelization, or Americans would say caramelization of the body. You just want to keep that really low and allow your body to regenerate fresh proteins. And that's actually one of the other things that I do is that I try to skip meals. You know, I may, I may take a little spoonful of yogurt in the morning, but then I try not to eat anything substantial until dinner. And that way my body is turning over proteins using proteins in my body to make energy and in turn rebuilding fresh proteins so that I don't get this caramelized process so much. Okay, can you explain that again? You you are doing fasting. Yes. And uh, I, I actually met Wim, Wim Hof. I was in, in uh, the Netherlands and was home at uh, Wim, Wim Hof. Do you know the Iceman? And uh, he is only eating one meal a day. And he ha also take you know, the cold showers and stuff. And also talk about uh, how the molecules in the, the like the, the body and the, all the cells affects to your body and, and and he said that he has not been sick about 40 years. I have not you know hang out with him in 40 years, but <laughs> but um, uh, this is actually a, a guy that you know he can be and he have you know climbed Mount Everest in shorts and done a, a lot of crazy stuff. Been you know two hours in the ice bath. So he he had it like, um, and his body is doing um, things that, um, yeah, the normal body can't do. Uh, so and and he is all, also fasting. Can you can you explain why fasting is so um, so effectful? Yeah. And what what's happened if if you're doing like the the stuff that you are learning in the school? You wake yeah. up. The breakfast is the most important meal at a day and then you have something at 10 and then you have something at, at 12 and then you have something after lunch and then you're eating and then you <laughs> you know eat some stuff before you go to bed and like yeah the things that you are learning at school yeah that that is so harmful that that story that we need to always have snacks never be hungry it's killing us literally killing us and killing our children too it's reducing the lifespan of our children decades later. What it's doing is telling our children's body and our body that we have no adversity. We have a bounty. Okay. 
And a bounty means that our bodies don't bother protecting ourselves against diseases and aging. Okay, our bodies are always looking at the environment. Are we under a threat? Is it adversity? If yes, our bodies will put the energy into survival. We go into survival mode, we turn over proteins, we protect our DNA, we lower inflammation, we improve our memory, we increase blood flow. That is survival. Today's world, largely driven by food companies, is to sell products, is they've convinced us that we need to eat at breakfast and then a snack and then lunch and snacks and dinner. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is making people Crazy. a lot of money, but it's killing us. And in fact, breakfast is the most important meal of the day, was an advertising campaign by Post Cereal in the United States. This is a lie. Now, some people need breakfast, but then they don't need a big dinner. And some people like me like dinner, but I don't need a big breakfast. In fact, you can train your body within a matter of weeks to not feel hungry at all. Our bodies make sugar itself, right? Our liver is a glucose manufacturing plant. So I, I measure my sugar on uh, most days. And what I can see is that my body maintains a very healthy, steady level of sugar that I need to not feel hungry. Instead, what we're doing with our diet is in the morning, we have a pretty big meal. We get a lot of fat and sugar in our bodies. The body says, I have to get this out of the bloodstream, makes insulin. It gets sucked out. And by about 11 o'clock in the morning, the body has overcompensated. And now our bodies are lacking sugar. It's overshot. And now our bodies, oh my goodness, I'm out of sugar. I need more. So we feel hungry. Then we have this, you know, have a bar, a sugar, a protein bar, just to make up for that addiction to sugar. It goes back up. Then we eat lunch. After lunch, we have this brain fog. It is a, a vicious cycle of our bodies having too much energy, then feeling like it's not having enough. And that's because we're always eating. If you fast like I do, and Wim Hof does, just try it for a few weeks. Substitute with tea, with water, do anything, have a, have, a, have a few nuts, but try to skip at least one meal a day and see what happens. But give it time because it doesn't happen overnight. You will eventually, within maybe a week to two, you will no longer feel hungry. And in fact, you might even feel sick if you have a big meal because your body now has adjusted to what is a natural human way to eat. Humans are not built to eat three meals a day. Do you think that the cavemen or cave people were sitting around at breakfast thinking, what are we going to eat for lunch? And then at lunch, <laughs> what are we going to eat for dinner? Meals are not designed for planning the next meal in a few hours. It's really not that way. We would eat when we got food and there'd be a lot of periods where we were not eating. And religions have discovered that this is very healthy and clears the mind. And the societies that fast tend to live longer. And so it's so important that we don't give in to this, you know, this uh, advertising that we should never feel hungry. Um, really, it's the way we should be living. Um, and the also important thing is that when you're not eating as much like I do, you can actually eat a bigger meal at the end of the day. I have really wonderful dinners and a lot of calories to make up, but I also make sure they're very nutritious. They're mostly plant-based um, or nut-based uh, with full of vitamins and a lot of fresh food as well. And that way I'm getting these xenohormetan 
molecules like resveratrol, but similar plants make hundreds of these. And when you eat these plants, particularly stressed plants that are grown organically or ones that aren't just grown in a greenhouse with lots of food. Like blueberries. Blueberries. So look for foods that have a lot of color because the colors are indicating that these xenohermetin molecules are in there. Blueberries are a good example. But unfortunately, if they're mass produced, they're given lots of water, lots of nutrients, and they don't make as many nutrients and these survival molecules. Another way to think of this, and, and I, I find this useful, is do we want our bodies to be any, in an abundance state or an adversity state? So I would say most of the time we want to mimic adversity, go for a run, or at least go for a walk, pick up some weights, don't eat all the time, skip a meal or two, be cold, be hot, get in a sauna. This puts your body in the survival mode, adversity mode. Modern, the modern world is the abundance mode. You can have abundance. You can have some protein if you need it. That's okay. As long as you spend some time in adversity to allow your body to repair itself and replace old proteins and old parts of the body. And that will allow you to you know, live ostensibly a life that is slow aging rather than rapid aging. But if you like eat only one meal a day, like you and like Wim Hof are doing, then the first thing that, the, the first question I think about is that, oh, will I lose weight now, right now? Will I lose muscles? Mm -hmm. Or how can I come, um, one of the things that say, if my weight is like 90 kilo, uh, I must have 180 proteins a day, like two, yeah. two against the kilo. But if I will eat that in the dinner, It will be like I eat, yeah, my, my very small dog. Yeah, yeah. so that you can't eat the same amount as you did before. You need to eat a lot more at dinner to make up for the calories. So you shouldn't be losing weight. I mean, you, you can lose weight if you want to. This is a good way. But I, I maintain my body weight. So I, I'm 140 kilo, 40 pounds. Um, and that, that's maintained with this diet. And the way I do that is you, you can't just eat salads. I mean, who would want to eat, eat salads anyway all the time? There are highly nutritious sources of protein. Hummus, baba ganoush. Uh, there are uh, nut-based meals. Um, there are very highly nutritious and proteinaceous vegetables as well. Um, I eat a lot of green leafy vegetables when I can because there's a lot of iron and other nutrients. Um, if I need to snack, Uh, I have two main go-tos. I have nuts and I have dark chocolate without sugar. These are full of vitamins and these nutrients and these xenohermetic hermetic molecules. So I, I'm sitting here, you know, just to show I'm not blind. You know, th this is, these are cashews. I might have walnuts around me. I'm looking around. Yeah, here we go. Uh, I won't show the brand name, but this is dark chocolate without sugar in it. All right. So I'm, I occasionally snack, you know, I'm not, I'm not hungry during the day. I will nibble on these foods. These have calories, a lot of calories. So I'm okay, but I'm not filling my body with empty calories. I'm not filling myself with sugar. Um, and I'm maintaining that steady level until dinner. And then I will eat a, a really enjoyable large meal to make up for what I haven't eaten in the other two mealtimes. How many proteins do you think that you need to have every day? And that's compared to how much you train um, and stuff. But 
Is it yeah. something that's... Um... Well, so everybody's different and, and science doesn't even know the full answer yet. But here's the theme, is that it's okay to work out and have some protein and or some creatine as well. You might have days of abundance, okay? Let your body build up. If you want to have muscles, do that. But please have days where you let your body rest, recover, and not eating a lot of protein. Eating a lot of protein, eating, eating a lot of sugar will literally tell your body, don't bother protecting yourself. Just go forth, multiply, get big. Uh, you'll look good and you'll, you'll feel good during that period in your youth, but you'll suffer at the other end of life in a terrible way. If you go to a nursing home and have a look who are the healthiest and, and living people, these are people who are not big, they're not very muscly, they're often you know, relatively small women because we know that the body in that state uh, is protecting itself. Um, and so, you, you know, here's the, the key, Alex, is I'm not saying always you know, quote unquote, starved, always be hungry. I'm not saying don't exercise. I'm saying that you want to do alternate days where you exercise, eat your protein, but days where you don't do that and let your body rest, recover and rebuild. Okay, I can say that I'm, I'm, I'm also vegetarian and I also had before I've eaten so much meat. I, I actually have the Swedish record in hamburger eating. <laughs> from 2008 I eat it's can, can compare to 17 Big Mac in one hour that's crazy you, you're sounding like a, an overachiever Alex but if I, that was 2008 and, and I was like 15 kilo heavier at that time but it actually wasn't only it was very much muscles as well uh, but uh, I were like doing the you know the the thing that you only eat meat you only eat salad you always go to the gym you always you know heavy weights all the time that's you know the the old uh yeah i used to live like that too uh i was a lot stronger uh and i would eat meat this is a typical lifestyle of someone in their 20s um no question and there are a lot of people who are vehemently against vegetarianism they you know, feel like it's a threat to them for some reason. Um, I've evolved, okay? So in my 20s, I was, like you said, meat, exercise, bulking up. I guess it's testosterone gone wild. We want to find a partner. Okay, that's 20. Exactly. All right, that's what we're designed to do. Uh, but what I've, I've used science to look at what is really the best diet. And if it helps, uh, listeners, I love meat. I I'm not a born vegetarian, and I'm certainly not a born vegan. But I've looked at the science and I've, I can tell you for a fact that vegetarianism and veganism reduces the chance of dying from a, an age-related disease dramatically. The numbers, I can tell you that the, the chance goes down from the uh, 95% down to 89%. It's a big difference in terms of your hazard of dying from these things. There's no debate in the scientific world that veganism um, and a close second is vegetarianism reduces your chance of dying from a disease, an age-related disease. So I don't know what the debate is. I mean, I, you know, usually the argument is, yeah, but I feel great when I exercise and eat meat. How could it be bad for me? Well, you know, feeling great isn't 
proof that you're going to live a long time. Probably it's the opposite. Um, and that's great. Everyone can live life like that if they want. But I think you can have both. You can have muscle. You can build up. But if you do what I say, then you'll also get the body into this adversity state mm. on occasion, hopefully, you know, three or four times a week. And you'll get the benefit of both. You'll look great. You can look like a Greek statue. That's really, I think, the, the ideal for a human, uh, you know, I guess for men and women um, in terms of health. You don't want to be too skinny or too big. Uh, but you also want to be able to keep that body shape and health going for decades longer. And that's why you need to, to do this pulsing of adversity and abundance. Mm. Do you have kids? I have three. You have three kids. And that's also like, I have a, you know, in, now it's birthday parties every Saturday and Sunday, you know, <laughs> it's like cakes, everything, er, everywhere. We are going to, to a school. We, li we live here in Marbella and we are going to a school here and uh, they follow the, the system of England and um, the school system. And I was like talking to the teacher for like two weeks. It's a new school. <clears throat> it's a really good school, you know, and I was reading the menu and every day they have a dessert. Every day, they had like vanilla ice cream. They had like brownies. And I was going to the teacher and say like, come on, in Sweden, we have something who called like Lada uh, Skodis. Uh, and that's like, like Saturday candy. We only eat candies on Saturdays. Uh, uh, but now I actually get anxiety of that too. But like here, they eat it like every day, every day. And uh, I, I said about, no way, my son, he, he, you can give him like some fruit or something, but not like ice cream every day. Come on. Uh, so, and when I hear this kind of stuff, I do fasting to 12 the most of the times. So I don't eat breakfast, but like for kids, how should you, you know, they get a the breakfast home. Yes. And then you get some fruits and stuff. Then they get lunch and then after lunch, they get dessert. And then they have after they have like some cookies or some other shit yeah. uh, uh, when they go home and then, you know, before they come home. And uh, when you know all of these scientists, how have you treat your kids and what have you done? Oh, it's been one of the most painful things of my life is to see how my kids have been raised. Um, my, in my family, we had big disagreements about how to feed the kids. And I, I was like you, I was horrified by cake, snacks, chocolates. It was in America, it's, it's the worst. It's then there's Halloween and Thanksgiving and Christmas. And it's just all, all commercial, time. all commercial. It is, it is. And it's, it's the worst type of food. And at school, public schools, it's pizza or it's, you know, sometimes it's a salad, but they, they drown it in sugar laden dressing. There's, there's no break for these poor kids to be in any sort of, mode that helps their body. We need better education for schools, for parents, because, you know, we, we want to make our kids happy. How do you make kids happy? Well, give them a, a treat, give them a, a candy. Unfortunately, that's the way it is. Now, what I'm writing about now is how to raise a child to give them an extra 20 years of healthy life. Because I, I agree with you, the, the real problem starts early in life. And we know that this is bad uh, for a couple of reasons. We know that it causes disease even early in life. You know, kids are getting type 2 diabetes. But we also now can measure the aging rate. I men mentioned Tally Health, okay? This is a service where you will be able to test not just your age, but your kid's actual age. 
And, you know, we see kids go through development earlier. Girls are becoming fertile. Boys are becoming bulky. It's because we're giving them so much food that they're developing quickly. But you know what happens when you develop quickly? Your age goes faster. Your biological age is faster. So kids these days are a lot older than 20 years ago, biologically. We're accelerating their death even during childhood. Oh, shit. So by the time they get to 50, my age, they're going to be more like 60, 70-year-olds. Oh. It's really bad. And it's very poorly understood that we are aging our children by what we do. VR, you know, computers, lack of exercise, food everywhere. This is a, a perfect recipe for accelerated aging, even in our kids. Yeah, and you said that uh, earlier that this has been a problem actually for you too. This is uh, one thing that you have uh, a lot of anxiety to and uh, have think about very much. Right. So my my son, um, who's a, just a wonderful human being, uh, likes food. Okay, he especially you know when he's stressed or bored, he likes to eat. So do I. It's a common thing. Uh, but he was uh, surrounded by food in our household, um, and that was. You know, my my partner's, mostly my partner's uh, choice. I, I was against it. Uh, but he grew up having a large amount of body fat, which to me was, it was killing me really to, to see this. It's nothing worse than a parent seeing a child harmed. And that's just how I looked at it. Now things have changed. He's now a 16 year old. Uh, I started at age 12, taking him to the gym. He's now the strongest guy in his school. He's all, you know, he's about five foot 11. He's a big guy. Yeah, I think that with all the, with all the molecules you're giving him, maybe well, you should take this one. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't experiment on my children, Alex, but <laughs> I, I did apply uh, what I thought was good psychology, which is spend time with your dad at the gym. It's going to be fun. And now he works out every day, uh, sometimes with me. Now, his, he was still eating badly, okay? He was still eating too much. And one thing that, that finally worked was this. I played a game with him by putting on a patch that could tell us on each of our arms our sugar levels in our blood, okay? It's meant for diabetics, but you can get access to these. You can oh, sign smart. up. Smart. And so we played a game. Who could have the best sugar levels? Wow. And he saw the effect of the food he was eating on his body, and he's changed the way he eats now. Oh, that was that was really smart. That's really smart. I must take that with me. And also nice to have by yourself, but because it's very easy to eat that chocolate or eat that candy. Uh, but if you see the effects directly on your body, that's like a price you pay. You know, and you see that you're paying it. Yeah. And it, it, and kids want to play games, right? They're competitive. And uh, so, you know, we, we do play this game. Uh, but really, it was the only thing in his life that made it clear to him that what he was eating was harming him. Yeah. And that's like a whole system, like you and uh, all the other people that are, are doing this have to teach and it's a lot of money that are against you, like all the, you know, the commercial that have contracts with the school and then, you know, the salesman and stuff. So it's hard, it's really hard. It, it really is. That said, Alex, I, I'm really encouraged by um, 
how lifespan the book has done. There's a lot of people who have been encouraged by reading the book and change their lifestyles uh, after reading it. And so it's it's education for sure. Um, I'm, I'm really excited that, that lifespan has been uh, read by so many people. Now, you know, 99% of the world has not yet read it and they are still at the mercy of the advertisers and marketing campaigns. That said, I think there is a, a role for scientists like me to begin the amazing. education. Um, and then those people talk to other people. And, you know, you can see across the world that people now have heard of fasting. They've heard of cold therapy. You know, Wim Hof is, is you know, I'm very grateful to him. He's also saying the same things. But it, it, it's a slow education because, first of all, not a lot of people read books. Uh, only a small percent listen to podcasts, honestly. Um, and most people just watch TV and advertising. And so we're, it's slow, but we're getting there. And I think that we're in this new age, especially after the pandemic, of people taking their health much more seriously and realizing that they can't just go to the doctor once a year and expect to say, stay healthy. The doctors are too busy. They don't have the tools. It really has to come from within. It has to be you changing your life to have the impact that I'm talking about. And um, there was a study from the Cancer Institute in Italy finding the best diet for longevity. Which diet was that? Oh, I'm not sure which, which particular study you're referring to. They're, what uh, they see typically is that the low-fat plant-based diets uh, with high nutrition are the healthiest for cancer prevention. And there are two main things that happen there. Your metabolism, when you're on a plant-based um, and a, a skipping a meal diet, it turns over proteins and makes you in a metabolism that cancer cells do not like. Cancer cells, by the way, love sugar. They live on sugar. And that's another reason why you should try to keep it low. Cancer okay, cells won't okay. grow as well. The other thing that happens uh, is that these molecules that you get from plants, resveratrol is one. Another one I, I'll mention is ECGC from green tea. Uh, I drink matcha tea most mornings, which is the, the very thick, dark green, creamy green tea. This ECGC has great anti-inflammatory and anti-cancer properties. And uh, so there are a lot of foods you can eat that are that suppress tumors. Um, and then, you know, so I've, I've mentioned, just to remind you, if you have a pen, uh, if you eat plant-based food, you'll have a better metabolism that doesn't allow cancers to grow. Uh, but you'll also have these molecules from plants that are anti-cancer. But there's a third thing I want to mention. The older you get, the more susceptible you are to cancer because an old body doesn't kill cancer cells as well as a young body. We all have cancer cells in our body all the time. Every day we have cancer starting up and our bodies kill it. As we get older, our bodies don't do that. Our immune system goes down and cancer can now multiply. So if you stay young, you probably won't get cancer. And can you tell everybody what you are eating like a whole day? You woke up like this time and you drink this and like, yeah, a common day. Yeah, I used to eat a, a typical Mediterranean diet. So there's a lot of red wine, most days, cheese, uh, some fish, bit of meat, some vegetables. This was, you know, I thought a good healthy diet. Um, I was always gaining weight and had to work on it to lose my body weight. So that was a problem my whole life. Um, 
I had pretty good biomarkers for longevity, but it wasn't great. Um, and so I, I was a typical person. I'm, you know, I, it's important to know I'm not perfect. But uh, so I met uh, somebody who has had a big influence on my life. Um, she's a chef and a nutritionist, among other things. Um, I don't know if you've come across uh, Chef Serena Poon. Uh, we do some things on the internet where mm. we talk a lot. And uh, she's been advising me for over a year about my diet. And I've learned a lot from her. And the first thing I learned was that my lifestyle that I thought was healthy was not optimal. <laughs> the alcohol was too much. Um, <laughs> the cheese was not good for me. No. And so I, I actually went cold turkey. I, thanks to her, I stopped cheese, stopped the wine, mm -hmm. uh, went plant-based. And, and, and she actually showed me that, that that kind of food is not just salads. It's very enjoyable. The hummus, the baba ganoush, the, the chocolate, the nuts. Uh, and, uh, and even when you eat out, if you go to the right restaurants, it can be highly nutritious, plant-based. And so I, my life has improved in many ways. The first is that I enjoy what I eat. I think even more than when I ate uh, meat and drank a lot of alcohol, my mind is a lot clearer. I remember things much better. I'm not sleepy. I don't have that brain fog. Um, and actually the science now shows that even one glass a day of alcohol uh, does shrink the brain. It, it's not good for you. It's like smoking. We're finally realizing that even a little bit is bad. Um, but also I think the most important thing is that I think it was within just a month, my blood markers improved dramatically. Wow. Uh, a lot of my blood biomarkers are as good as a 20-year-old. And that's because of this diet change. And things that I thought were not changeable, like testosterone. You know, I'm, I was in my 50s. Testosterone levels go down with age. This new diet went, went up, including along with the exercise that I was doing. And so, yeah, having seen the results on my body, I'm sticking with the vegan diet and, uh, and learning more all the time about what new types of foods I can eat to add to my diet. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate that I've got Serena I can talk to. Hmm. Uh, I think that there's a lot of information out there from Serena and others that can tell you how to eat the way I do, but not sacrifice flavor uh, and not be hungry during the day. Now it's time for Trey Sister Fregor. Okay, now we jump into the, the three last questions. The first one, to sum this episode up, what is the most important thing for us to add to our daily life for longevity? Well, if there's one thing I could recommend, it's eat less, less often. Less often is important. Uh, we're not talking about malnutrition or starvation. We're just talking about giving your body a rest from food and let your body make its own sugar. That would be the biggest impact on your longevity. And then the, on, you know, to a lesser extent, weights, walking, exercise, standing desk, hot, cold, right foods. But yeah, the one thing is stop eating constantly. It's okay not to eat once in a while. It'll do you a lot of good. And do you also recommend us to, to uh, take this to the kids? Well, you have to be careful. Kids need a lot more calories and nutrition. So I definitely don't want to give the impression that we should make our kids lack anything. Uh, but I think that we've gone way too far in the other direction where we're told as parents that children should never be hungry, always feed them, feed them, feed them. And we're feeding them the wrong food, sugar and, and fat, uh, 
So there's, there's a happy intermediate where kids don't have to eat four meals a day with snacks. They can eat less. You know, my, my son is now eating two meals a day and very happy with that. That's his natural state. He wasn't hungry in the morning, but he was still being told he has to eat, has to eat. You know, I think kids should be allowed to eat more often when they're hungry, not because we force it on them. Right. What is your favorite app? App? Yeah. On the phone. On the phone. You have anyone? Oh, gosh. Uh, I, I use uh, my Inside Tracker app, which is how I follow my blood tests. Okay. Um, so Inside Tracker is a good one. Um, And how often do you do the blood test? Uh, well, I try to do it every few months. It's um, someone comes to my house and takes some blood and I get the readings. And then there's food recommendations that come with it. Um, I, I've been a, an advisor and I, I should say upfront, um, I'm a small investor in this company. So I, I love them for, for many reasons. Uh, but it's been very useful to, to, to have a graph of my progress. Oh, that's Because amazing. Without the numbers, you're flying blind. It's like driving without a dashboard. Um, and who would that's drive awesome. without a dashboard, really? Mm. So that, that's an app that I like. I don't use it every day, though. Uh, gee, every day, I, I think I'm, I'm looking at um, my heart rate and, uh, and my blood sugar levels. I, I like to do those for my health. Um, I even have a bed that measures my heart rate and, and lowers my temperature to get good sleep. And so th those apps that are able to measure my body, and I, I won't mention the company's names for obvious reasons, but you can find them out there. There are lots of monitors that tell you how you're doing with sleep and food mm. um, and even heart rate. And I, I try to keep my heart rate low and my heart rate variability high. These are signs of good health and longevity. Um, so those are the main ones. You know, I do some mind games. I like to challenge my mind and keep it active. I do a lot of reading. So I surf the internet for scientific papers and read a lot. That's, that's you know, part of my day job. And I think that's also very healthy um, for longevity is keeping your brain in a, an adversity state as well. It can't, your mind can't always be in abundance watching movies and not thinking. And one book that I strongly recommend is your book, Lifespan. But do you have any book that you recommend? Well, in this theme, um, yeah. What? So Sergey Young, uh, his book, and I, I, his his book, uh, I have it here. Is it age age younger? Hold on. All right. Here we go. He was kind enough to give me a copy of his book yesterday. Okay, growing. I've actually I've, I've read this before. He just gave me a, a nice signed copy kindly yesterday. Wow. Um, yeah. So Serena and I had breakfast with him yesterday and shared a lot of this information. So my book is about the science and the health of aging. His is more um, biohacking technology. Where are we going? A companion to my book. And so I, I recommend this as a companion uh, to Lifespan. Sergey Jung. And also, thank you very much. Thank you very much for this episode. Amazing. And uh, I was like, I had so many more questions, but 
um, yeah, we should have uh, one more episode. But I think this was a really, really good episode. And thank you very much for sharing. Well, Alex, it's, it, it was great. Um, you're really, really uh, kind and warm host. Great questions. I think we covered a lot. I'd be happy to come back on. Uh, there's a lot more to discuss. And I'm working on a second book that will be uh, the guidebook, more practical guides uh, about what to do in our day and, and even how to raise healthy children. So yeah, I, I appreciate the opportunity to be on here. It's been great to meet you. Congrats on all your success. Um, and uh, you know, I look forward to, to watching you and see where you go next as well. Thank you very much. And thank you very much, David Sinclair. Fram Gangspotten with Alexander Perleros. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.